You're listening to Radio Tab's Mobile Rolling. Presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound. Making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices online or over the phone. 1800 060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au They come for home in the new Biden Carpet. It's Beady Joe, too clear from All-American Lover. Anything goes. Mossdale Ben descending wider. Beady Joe in front. Mossdale Ben coming from Anything Goes and All-American Lover at the 100. Beady Joe. Mossdale Ben two lengths away from Anything Goes, but it's Beady Joe first up, best dressed, takes the new Brighton Cup by a length and a half. Beat Mossdale Ben third in Anything Goes. Beady Joe winning recently in New Zealand, a free-for-all there. Very talented horse, of course. Um, that race was worth about $50,000, but his record's quite phenomenal uh, when you look at it. And Chris Barsby, a bit of a New Zealand theme this morning, and that's why I played that. And Chris Barsby joins us. Good morning to you, Chris. Yes, Steve, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. Uh, with that victory last week of BD Joe taking the new Brighton Cup, he stamps his ticket. So... Uh, exempt from ballot for the New Zealand Cup. So we've got two horses at this stage, confirmed starters, BD Joe being one, and the other one was the horse that ran second in Mossdale Bend. They've won a couple of lead-up races that guarantees them a start in the Cup. And it's not all that far away, Steve, just looking at the latest tab fixed prices. Equal favourites, the All-Stars stable mates, Akuda and Self-Assured, yet to see either of these horses, not even at the trials as of yet. They're 350 each of two. Copy that, who's aiming for three straight New Zealand Cups. He's at $5. Old Town Road, $8. Anything Goes, 11 Spirit of St. Louis, the Aussie, he's $11. Uh, we've got Swayze, $11. RD's Express, the Star Mare, $17. BD Joe, $17. And your favourite horse, Captain Ravishing, he's at $17 as well. And then we get out to longer odds. You keep mentioning old Captain Ravishing. I did send a message yesterday to Hass Tiber, Chris. <laughs> I knew you would have. <laughs> I just, it uh, was bugging me. I wanted to know what was happening with him. He said, Steve, we were super proud of his effort, of course, in the big race, the Tab Eureka. Um, he's pulled up well, and we're heading to the Victoria Cup. So another clash there with Leap to Fame, Chris. Mm, so that will be interesting. Uh, we're expecting news to come through probably in the next couple of days with uh, Team Dixon, whether they're going to confirm that trip to Victoria. They just wanted to get him home, Larry, uh, get him back into his normal routine and then make a decision on whether they will head to Melbourne for a shot at the Victoria Cup, keeping in mind that the Inter-Dominion in his own backyard at Albion Park starts December 1. So that's probably the uh, the alternate option uh, for Leap to Fame, but he could may well contest both features. Let's talk more about all these great horses. Greg O'Connor from New Zealand joins us now. Greg, appreciate the time. Yeah, morning, boys. Uh, always happy to come on and have a chat to you about these great horses and, and the build-up towards the IRT New Zealand Cup where the picture, not so sure that it became clearer last week with BD Joe, who is a bona fide Grand Circuit horse. Of course, last year he was able to win the Canterbury Classic. He also won the Ashburton Flying Stakes and then he drew the second row in the Cup so didn't really get his shot at it. But judging by the way he went here last week, he's a more rounded horse if you like a powerful horse once he gets to the front he's hard to run past and we'd already seen that at group one level when he beat Krug we want to go now in the harness fields okay well let's start with Stonewall stud and let's talk about BD Joe but I want to talk about the mayor as well RD's Express have Stonewall stud sort of confirmed who's rated high is it BD Joe because he's got that 
that more seasoned sort of style of racing compared to RD's Express. She's coming into the deep end this year. She's had that recent setback, but she's back in action now. Is there a, a, a firm choice from the stable who's the number one ranked horse for Stonewall Stud? Well, I talked to Tim Williams about that uh, after Friday night and sort of put it to him, the conundrum that face, that he faces now, out of the two, if they both go forward to the Cup, would he drive? And at this stage, they're going to keep them separated. So this week in the Hannon, Artie's Express goes uh, down there, where I believe she'll be extremely hard to beat. She's drawn wide on the front row, and the way she went uh, down south last week, she went 155 in front and won as she liked, as you would have expected her to. She's a big, strong mare, and I think this week will paint a, a much clearer picture for us. She takes on Republican Party, Pembroke Playboy, who's on uh, another campaign. So it'll, it'll be a clearer indication this week just where she's at. I actually expect her to win. On the flip side to that, we won't see BD Joe again until the Canterbury Classic on the 29th, where she's like, he rather is likely to clash with Akputa and self-assured. Just about timing this game is so often, Chris, I've just had a coffee with Mark Purden, so I can give you the latest on his two stable stars. The other contender for Mark and Nathan Purden is, of course, Anything Goes, who won the National Handicap, finished second uh, a fortnight later behind Mossdale Ben, and then was third last week. So it's clearly on a cup campaign. Goes to the Hannon this week. Mark sort of suggesting he's in his... I suppose, infancy of his open-class career, and it might be another 12 months till we see anything goes perhaps up the top of the pecking order. But he, he's definitely a horse capable of getting there, in his opinion. OK, well, let's focus on those two stars. that They're, they're at the top of the market as far as Tab is concerned. 3.50 each of two, a cooter and self-assured, yet to step out for this campaign, not even at the trial. So how far away are they? Yep, we'll see them at the trials next week. So they'll have one trial into the Canterbury Classic and then potentially we'll see them uh, at Methven for the Cup there, a road that self-assured's gone down before. Now, it, it is... Well, it used to be unusual to go via the grass track at Methven, but it's such a beautiful surface there, provided they don't get any uh, wet weather between now and then. Mark has used it as a, a key lead-up race in the last decade... Uh, to build towards the New Zealand Cup. So um, I expect them to race Canterbury Classic, Nesson Cup, Ashburton Flying Stakes. And because, Chris, of the later New Zealand Cup this year, it's as late as it can possibly be. The second Tuesday in November is the 14th of November. They're, they probably won't go to Kaikoura. It's an option, but probably not. There will be a race at Addington on about the 3rd of November, so about 10 days out from the New Zealand Cup where a free-for-all will be put on. That has happened before, four or five years ago, maybe even six years ago, uh, where horses do are able to get a run and they can either go there or to the cup trial. And, and the time that we did have that extra race, I think the cup trial was only a very, very small field. So in terms of those two horses, he's much happier now than what he was probably a fortnight ago. And I, th I think it's a little bit about he and Nathan and them combining now as training partnerships. Mark wasn't so heavily involved in the early build-up with these horses and many of their horses, including Don't Stop Dreaming, who was well and truly on track for his next big assignment, which will be the Harness Millions on the 13th of October. 
but Mark just saying that he would work them a lot harder and they'd have a lot more trials than what perhaps Nathan would do. So they're still feeling out that process and Mark's had to take control here because, of course, Nathan is in Victoria at the moment. OK, can, can he split them? Can you split them? Who who would be the number one ranked horse there, Akuda or Self-Assured? I think Akuda. Self-Assured's got runs on the board up until... Akuda came out and won the Auckland Cup and did it on a very limited preparation. I think the other thing we found out about Akuta is when he's not used early and can come with one run at them, we saw that in the Jules as a two-year-old, in the Derby as a three-year-old, and in the Auckland Cup, that he is absolutely potent when they go hard up front and he has one shot at them. I think he's their number one seed. Mark Part owns him, of course, so he'll be driving him. And at this stage... Natalie Rasmussen booked for self-assured. The third stringer, oh, that's that's debatable who will drive that. Blair Orange is their number one pick, if you like, uh, but he has other options with the likes of the Republican Party, so um, that might not be signed and sealed at this stage, but Mark will be with the Cooter, and I believe he is their number one seat. OK, so they're back at the trials next week. That's good to know. And they're building nicely. Let's go to the North Island. Let's talk about some of their stars up there. Copy that. He returns to racing tonight. It's basically going to be a trial for him. It's a very small free-for-all field. But they've gone ahead with this race. Um, can, can he make it three straight New Zealand Cups, Greg? Absolutely, he can. Uh, Morris McKendry drove him at the trials the other day. And I spoke to Ray Green just after it, and he said to him, he can win another cup. He feels that strong. Now, it was only a two-horse trial. You're absolutely right. This week, there's only five in it. Next week's the Spring Cup at Alexandra Park. They're hoping to get that off the ground. There's a couple of other likely contenders. Uh, one of those, Nicholas Cage, won at the trials last week. Uh, that's Andrew and Lynn Neal's charge. It's also been nominated for the cup. So, And there's a couple of others there. One that won't be there is Ultra Wise Guy, who actually won the New Brighton Cup last year. He's uh, got an injury and has had to be put aside. So they're hoping to get the Spring Cup uh, underway. However, Ray has indicated if there's any doubt about the Holmes DG a couple of weeks later in terms of the numbers, copy that will come down here early. So we might get to see him, well, definitely for the Ashburton Flying Stakes. Um, and Old Town Road, by the way, is on track to be down here for that flying stakes. A race he made such an impression in last year, storming home. Uh, and then he went on, ran fifth or sixth in the cup and third in the free fall. And then you got to see him in Australia. So he's the one horse, Chris, that I'm really looking forward to seeing. He had that yeah. full 12 months practice last year or over the last year. He's the horse, the X-Factor horse that I believe... Uh, with Zach Butcher in the bike and John Dickey, who is an outstanding horseman, know that so well with all the great trotters he's had, speeding spur, flying ice, uh, uh, Paramount GG, all of those great, great horses he's had. Um, he's very excited about this horse returning. He, he's the one that I, I really want to see building towards this year's Cup because I think he's got the credentials to win it. OK, well, he's kept very safe there. He's at $8. He's on the fourth line of betting. Just with copy that, is Morris McKendry locked in to drive him in the cup or does Blair have option when he campaigns in the South Island? Sorry, sorry, I should have said that before. Blair will be on him when he's down here. That's why Blair won't be on anything goes. He will absolutely be on copy that. Um, yeah, there's, there's absolutely no question about that at all. All right. 
Let's talk about these Aussies that are amongst nominations for the New Zealand Cup. Firstly, uh, was the club happy with the nominations they received from the Aussies? And do you think there's one they're capable of, of making a race of it with the other uh, locals? Yeah, absolutely. We, we were thrilled. Um, I do a little bit alongside Brian Rabbit and the team here at Addington. And any time you can get uh, some Australian interest is important uh, to have got four and then... The irony of uh, the next day when Hass Tabor rang up and said that he was keen with Captain Ravishing, he just cost himself about another twelve or thirteen hundred bucks if he wants to pay the last payment. <laughs> but um, yeah, he only, only had to be twelve years earlier. But gee, wouldn't wouldn't it really turn the race on its head if Captain Ravishing made his way over here? I'm, I'm sure he hasn't qualified from a stand, so he has to do that for a start. But the quality of horse that we have had nominated, your Blacks are fake winner, uh, Swayze. Loyalist, uh, who we know so well here, was with the Hope team and uh, got that Redcliffe Cup and, and raced so well, uh, you know, since, since he, when he was in, in Queensland. Spirit of St. Louis, or Lewis, whatever way you want to go, we'll, we'll love to see him back here in New Zealand. He started his career here. Um, look, he deserves the group one, the poor bugger. He's, he's run second in, what, seven or eight of them now? Um, it's just a remarkable race horse. If we, if if he does turn up, it would uh, would add to the race as well. So um, yeah, the, there's a lot to look forward to in the nominations we've had from Australia. Getting a couple of them is, is crucial from the marketing point of view of the race. And and look what happened last year. Um, you know, having Majestic Cruiser here just just lifted you know the whole level of of interest not only here but very much so across your side. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if you were down to your last 20 bucks and you had to have a bet on the New Zealand Cup, which way are you leaning right now? Yeah, Old Town Road. But I'll tell you what I'd hold off, Chris, because because we're not going to see him race when all of these other horses are going around. Let's say Anacuda or Self Assured or BD Joe wins again. The market will change again. He might get to $10, Old Town Road. So leave it a fortnight. But if I, I had to spend me last 20, it would be it would be on him. He did ask me the same question yesterday, but he said five dollars for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Australian dollars are worth more than ours, probably by some subset. But uh, if I've got twenty, it's not old. Right. All right. Another question that I wanted to ask, and um, this is this is going to be an interesting one. So we've just spoken about all the good horses aiming towards the cup. Right now, in your opinion, who is the number one horse in New Zealand? I think it's still copy that because he not only won the cup, um, he won he won the race by pins, of course, and dominated from the top end. When he gets beaten, he very rarely gets beaten by by a margin, and and Ray seems to think that he is as good, if not um, even slightly better, in terms of of he thinks he's grown a wee bit, Chris, which is quite interesting. He's only a little horse, as you know, a little pocket rocket that he is, but um, thinks he might have grown a wee bit. So I, I still think. He's the number one seed, but oh, they're getting awfully close there. You know, the Akutas and Old Town Roads. Um, I don't think there's much in it, and it might just come down to the run. And hey, there's only been three horses win three New Zealand Cups. The last was Terra to Love, and you had to go a long way back to uh, Indianapolis and false step prior to that. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think he's still number one, but not by much. Okay, follow-up question to that. What is the horse in New Zealand, any age group, any gate, that is the most exciting in the eyes of Greg O'Connor? I still think Muscle Mountain is. Uh, I know he got beat last week, but it wasn't his fault. He, he got 
knocked over by a stable mate at the start, and um, his run after that was was uh, quite outstanding. I hope you get to see him in Australia, and I, I think the Great Southern Star uh, is the most logical test for him because he's so potent over the short course, and um, I think that's when you'll get to see him. I, I think he's he's the most exciting. Uh, we've got a couple of cracking three-year-olds, though, as you, as you know. Uh, don't stop dreaming in Berlin. And, and if we do get to see them um, clash, and we will, uh, in the derby, hopefully in December, that would be one heck of a contest. Not much between those two. But, yeah, for me, Muscle Mountain. OK. Another question that I want to ask. We're talking about the New Zealand Cup. As we know, the end of the Minion quickly follows the New Zealand Cup Carnival. Do you expect uh, many or any to be nominated for either series, Paces or Trotters in Brisbane? I hope so. Um, I probably need to do a little bit of work on that because the 25th is looming very, very quickly. Um, it wouldn't be an Inter-Dominion series without some Kiwi participation, of course. Last year we had Bolt for Brilliance there and unfortunately he went and missed. By the way, Chris, he's back. He trialled last week, albeit in a, in a pretty... You know, low-flying sort of trial, but um, Tony Hurley is very pleased with him. So, looking forward to that clash with Muscle Mountain. But I would, I would hope so. The one thing I did like was uh, Racing Queensland putting the series back far enough away from the New Zealand Cup that if you wanted to do both, you could. Um, so, a fortnight from the New Zealand free fall on the 17th to the first round of heats. It is doable. There is potential there for that, uh, obviously, to happen. And if any of the horses that come from your neck of the woods do come over, they can get back there in time. And saying that may would still be a big ask, um, but I'm hopeful that it can happen. And um, if it does, you know, some of the great series have been held at Albion Park. And um, when you think about horses like Yule Star and Take a Moment and... Um, you know, some, some of the great horses that have gone around there. I hope that we do get some Kiwis there, but maybe I should uh, do a bit of work on your behalf, Chris, because uh, an Inter-Dominion series without people from New Zealand, or certainly horses from New Zealand, would be one that um, you know probably wouldn't have the same uh, impact over here. I will talk to Mark Purd, because I see Self-Assure is right in the market there. Um, I guess he would be the most likely if one did come, but I'll, I will do some more work on that. Excellent, excellent. Well, a series without a Kiwi, it's not really a series. We saw that last year. There was no pacing uh, representatives from New Zealand last year. We had the one trotter in bold for brilliance. So hopefully there is a few more this year when staged back in Brisbane. Just in closing this morning, Greg, I know you're a massive fan of Leap to Fame. You would have been absolutely thrilled to see him amongst nominations for the New Zealand Cup for this year. He's not there, but just your take on his performance in the uh, the Eureka a couple of weeks ago, uh, three wide to the breeze, unbelievable time. How did you sort of break down that performance? Still the run of the race. He was still the best horse in the race, and he, and he, and he went a great race. Um, uh, not too many people have been prepared to come out and say, well, why did Grant Dixon move so early? Because I'm sure he probably could have left it another 800 metres and still found the park position, and then would he have won? Well, that's, that's, you know, up to, to the lap of gods, isn't it? You, you, you're only speculating. But I, I just... His, his Achilles heel at the moment is gate speed. And if he can perhaps develop that side of things and he gets to the markers first... And, and I know Mick Guerin talked about it the other day on, on one of our shows. He's very much like Lazarus in that regard, that even though Lazarus was able to sit parked and win it into Dominion in WA, um, he never had that blazing gate speed. So in a race like the Miracle Mile which he finished 7th out of 8th, by the way, um, it meant that he couldn't get in 
to the race where my field marshal went 46.9. So he's still the best horse, but we've now seen twice a way that he can get beaten. Once by a horse that was in front of him and once by a swooper like in Cypher. So it's going to be really interesting to see how rival drivers and competitors go against him now and whether they do try and leave him in that vulnerable position. I have still no doubts, Chris, he's the best horse. And, and the, on the last mm. person to line up and tell Grant Dixon how he needs to drive him. But if he develops gate speed and can get to the markers first, he's got to be nigh on unbeatable because the sectionals he's running from the park position, there's no other horse in Australasia that could do that. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. So we'll wait and see uh, if, if they take the challenge to go to Melbourne for the Victoria Cup. The Inter-Dominion's obviously a, a priority at this stage, being in his own backyard. Hey, Greg, really appreciate the chat this morning. Can't wait for the New Zealand Cup. As you said, it's Tuesday, November 14. It's fast approaching, and all these good lead-up races are now starting to take shape. So enjoy the next couple of weeks, and we'll be in touch. Yeah, look forward to it. You know, you can call any time. Thanks, boys. Cheers. Greg O'Connor joining us, Chris. Just uh, in regards to Leap to Fame, we know he's the, the best horse, if not in the country, in Queensland by a mile. Who's the second best horse in Queensland? In Queensland? Mm. Uh, I would... Tough I think one. there'd be a, 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 race, a race between Hot and Treacherous, Black Sedans and Turn It Up. I think they, they would be the, the next rung below Leap to Fame. About to talk to Matty Young. This is an interesting horse, Chris, returning tomorrow night at Gloucester. Lasaka clear and Starlavra put under a lot of pressure chasing. Then came Franco Mecca, but Lasaka goes for home and Roberts looked like she's got her treble she has. Clear from Starlavra, Franco Mecca, the inside, might edge up to second. It's going to be tight, but Lasaka wins it well. Horse with a terrific record, going to be, sh going to be short. Chris, Matty Young's with us. Matty, good morning. Good morning to you, boys. What do we make of Lusaka first up tomorrow night? Yeah, it looks a really good race for Lusaka. It's got the perfect draw over the mile, and uh, there's a bit of gate speed in their race, so, you know, there could be about three or four come out and have a little bit of a look for the lead or to try and tackle it early, but Lusaka is going to have that speed to be able to burrow through and hold the top, and from there, uh, it'd be very hard to beat. So I think Lusaka can get the job done first up. OK, let's talk about last week before we focus on tomorrow night. You had those two Group 2 features, one both by Gary Hall Jr., August Moon. She's probably the number one seed for the WA Oaks, uh, which is just around the corner. And without doubt, never-ending is the number one seed for the WA Derby. Uh, Gary Hall Jr., it's sort of rare for him nowadays uh, to get excited, but he's genuinely excited about this guy, and he's starting to sort of venture into that rarefied air as far as making comparisons with never ending he's still got to come out and win the derby but by golly he was impressive last week yeah exactly right he um he's just he's he's been no doubt a little bit of a headache behind the scenes for justin premise because he's had those issues as a two-year-old in um wanting to fire up in his races and like he was good enough to be able to win them as a two-year-old but it's I think Justin was looking long-term and could see that there was going to be an issue there. So they've they've spent a lot of time trying to get this horse to settle and just dropping him off the gate in trials. And he had a few trials and just driving him for one run. So, look, he's, he's been able to settle him down. And I think uh, Junior's put a lot of emphasis on uh, how good 
Justin's how good a job Justin has done with this bloke to try and just get him to relax a little bit more because he said if it was just under anyone else's hands he could have turned into a raving lunatic the horse so uh, and then you see him be able to channel that ability and that speed that he has that raw ability into uh, drop down acceleration like we saw mid race last start he's just he's one out of the box and he's one that uh, has really impressed me as a three-year-old he looks like he's filled out more as a three-year-old he's got this beast-like complex and uh, his his racing style is very exciting so i think going forward I, i'm i agree with junior i think he's he's one out of the box and uh, really looking forward to seeing what he can do and the next steps that he can take because he won last start with the plugs in and junior just just urging him to the line slightly. So it, it was just arrogant in the way he went about it. Mm. The thing that stands out with him, well, probably with the comments that Junior made, is that he ranks him right up there with the very best three-year-olds that he's ever driven. You look at those derby winners that he's had. He won it last year with Tricky Mickey, again, for Justin Prentice. Some of his other derby winners include Major Trojan, King of Swing, Chicago Bull, Bodine Boaz, Alta Cristiano. That's an incredible lineup of Derby winners, and he's putting this guy at the very top of that list now. Yeah, well, and, and to, for him to say that he's only ever driven one horse quicker, uh, yeah. that's, that in itself is you're getting into uh, into rare air there. When, when he starts comparing, and Junior, Senior's a man who will compare everything to his previous best horse. We know that, and that's Senior. <laughs> we love him for it. Um, because he's a great promoter of the game. But Junior will not make those comparisons uh, without really weighing it up. And for him to say that he's he's rating his speed up there with Quinny, uh, that in itself is exciting because, as you said, Junior's very measured. He doesn't really get... A, he doesn't go over the top when comparing horses. He doesn't like comparing horses, but... Uh, this horse is very exciting, and I thought I thought he would win the way he did last week, even from the barrier draw. But there was just something about it, and yeah, it was just he he is a very special horse, and I really hope that uh, with more racing, he calms down a little bit more because I think once once he becomes the well-rounded pacer that he can become. Uh, it's going to be... He's going to be a horse that I can see go to the Eastern States and really shake the life out of features over there. Well, let me take it a step further then with Never Ending. We only just saw this race a fortnight ago, the Eureka, so we're 12 months away. But surely, surely, if he comes out and dominates the WA Derby, is there any reason why slot holders can't be looking at sort of, you know, doing a deal and wrapping him up as their representative for next year? Oh, 100%. He should be on everyone's radar for the Eureka. Um, yeah, he, he's, I think, looking at him and seeing how he goes over 2,500 metres is obviously going to be the next uh, next sort of tick that he needs to, or a hurdle that he needs to jump. But at the same time, uh, the way he's settling is just, it's going to be huge. So I think, um, I think at the end of his three-year-old prep, for him to go and have a little break, and come back and uh, become a, a more well-rounded pacer as a four-year-old. Yeah, very exciting, and I think Eureka is definitely on the radar for them. Yeah, absolutely. Tomorrow night, Gloucester Park, 10 races, a Group 1 feature. We've got the Westbred Classic for the two-year-olds. 
uh, wave rider comes up with barrier one. He disappointed last time out. Can he bounce back here? Well, he was crossed in that race and then came away from the inside. So that was from barrier one, too. And he went uh, he went around at a very short quote. He's a little bit longer in the market, or 55 at this stage. And there is some speed in the race. So it just all depends on what happens early. But because he was crossed last time, do more people think that they can get across? Does that create more of a staggered effect in the race? and is he, is he able to lead? I think if he leads, he'll win. If he doesn't lead, it becomes a very wide-open race. So there's a lot for people to weigh up in that race. But, yeah, look, if you're taking the fifty-five, you hope that he's a little bit sharper off the arm and he can hold up. OK, what about the Phillies final? Waterloo was disappointing last time out as well. Can she bounce back? Look, she's uh, she's won all of her races pretty much leading, and last start she just didn't look, didn't look interested really. It was um, a very lackadaisical effort from her, and uh, I thought I thought she was yeah a little bit playing. Um, I know that she's the best filly in the state, her an exceptional armor, but they both got tricky draws, and her draw really depends on really determines that she's not going to lead uh, Waterloo. So it's a, it's a pretty open sort of race. I, I gave, I thought there was a strategy to play in that race. Uh, I thought number one, San Remo Beach, caught the eye last start. I thought it was a decent place chance and probably a small winning chance from the draws going to sort of run. They, even, they might even try and lead with her in this race, but it would just be interesting tactic-wise. So I thought that was a play and I quite like her, Lenora Jane, who trialled up really well and beat Exceptional Armour in the trial. They got home in 27 and a bit off the front, so she's gone low 27 to come from back in the field in the trial. She's also shown tremendous ability in races. She's only had the one blemish, which was her last start, but I just thought of the three good fillies off the back line, she had the best draw, and I think she can go really well. So that's how I'd play that race. One, San Remo Beach, more the place, something small to win. And 11, uh, Lenora Jane, I thought was a decent each way price at about 440. Okay, so value there in that Phillies final. Where do we find your best bet tomorrow night? Uh, best on the card, I think we can go race four, number one, uh, Galactic Star. Look, he might drift in the market just a touch, but I think he's going to be really hard to beat from that draw. And um, I, I can see him leading. And once he holds the top, I don't think there's going to be too much pressure. So back to the 2130. Last start, he had no luck. Uh, four starts ago, he went a very good time at 20, 2,500 metres. So I think he can get the job done in the Howard Porter Memorial. So race four, number one, Galactic Star. OK, race four, number one, the best bet. You might be able to uh, set the record straight here, but I'm hearing news that one of the best mares in New Zealand, all the uh, best mares in Perth, although she hasn't raced in Perth, has been retired. Better talk art. She was a Group 1 winner in New Zealand. Uh, she was purchased for big money, went to the hall stable, but it looks like she is uh, going to be retired or has been retired. Can you confirm that? Uh, I'm not, I've, I've not heard anything uh, of about Better Talk art. I know that she was down to trial last week or maybe the week before and she was scratched. So um, I haven't heard anything in regards to uh, any whispers about that. But if you know it, Chris, and chances are you're on the right path. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll have to look into that a little bit more. You've got homework for the week. 
<laughs> I never did it in school, so don't expect me to do it now. Uh, just on the Gallops front, of course, all codes uh, in WA uh, are following Amelia's jewel. Uh, just, I reckon she generates the most interest of that entire program at Flemington on the weekend. Yeah, she's she's something special. We talk about horses that can get people through the gates, and Amelia's jewel. She's just captured the imagination of everyone over here in the West, and um, to the point where you've got. Uh, people just the more clicks watching the trial replays and people going out to Belmont to watch her trial and they even put on a special trial day for her. Um, it's yeah, it's just really it's really fascinating. It's great to see. We love seeing the good horses and we think um, well, she really does profile up as being uh, this preparation could be the one where she just goes bang and uh, creates so much interest going forward for not only. WA racing, but Australian racing. So, yeah, really, really thrilling to see her back. Yeah. And as Simon Miller said, if you watch her replays, it should be really, with a bit more luck, it should be nine for nine. I mean, the day she got beaten by laced up heels, I think the barrier cost a victory there. And then last start, the barrier cost a victory as well behind overpass and the quokka narrowed effect. Yeah, absolutely. She's, um, yeah, she looks like, well, she's probably one of the better horses we've seen here in WA for a long time. So, um Looking forward to seeing what she can do over there. And we know that uh, history has told us that the WA horses have been able to go to Melbourne and Sydney and uh, stack up. The form stacks up really well. So pretty confident she's going to go over there and do a pretty strong job.